0: Hi, welcome to the Beyond Blocks podcast, a podcast about Drupal, PHP, open source, and related software development topics. I'm Oliver Davis, and today I'm here with my guest, Tim Lennon from the Drupal Association. Hi, Tim. Great to have you on the show.
1: Hi, Oliver. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, Tell folks a little bit about myself. Yeah, I'm the Chief Technology Officer at the Drupal Association. So um, that means these days I run the team that builds the tools that help people build Drupal because as an open source project, of course, we're not doing all of that in-house. We're really providing support and infrastructure that lets the very, very large community um, uh, do all of that contribution. And we do our best to accelerate that process, make it faster, provide that support. And um, I'm here in currently snowy and icy Portland, Oregon. Um, And on an interesting note, this is where um, the Drupal Association, first had physical offices bas- back when those were a thing. And um, and that was actually, even though it was virtual, this is how I first met uh, Oliver. So our, our listeners will be interested to know that we worked together at the DA more than, mm-hmm. well, around 10 years ago now, nine years ago now, something like that.
0: Yeah. Might be and,
1: yeah um, which was a, a really good experience. Back then, we were uh, involved in, well, you were involved in the Drupal 6 to Drupal 7 upgrade, um, right. which will be uh, an interesting echo of other topics we'll talk about today, along with a lot of other cool things for the community. So yeah, my pleasure to be here, my pleasure to talk a little bit more about the Drupal Association, and um excited to get into
0: it. Mm-hmm. I think it was the old uh, was it police headquarter building or something in downtown Portland, <laughs> where the office used to be.
1: Yes, it was. It was the historic original police headquarters building, and we were on the ground floor in that kind of atrium building, which unfortunately led to some interesting incidents when people would see the plaque on the wall, think it was still the police headquarters, and then mm-hmm. come inside looking for help or <laughs> <laughs> or looking at some for someone to rant at. So um, it was a little bit exciting, but uh, those were those were an interesting eighteen months.
0: Mm-hmm. We used to have the um, T-shirts up on sort of mannequins as well, didn't we, from the old? Oh, fans. yes. And people would walk in thinking it was some sort of printing shop or something as well. Yep. Yep. All, these, yep. all these T-shirts everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Good times. Uh, funny enough, I was speaking, I was at the PHP Southwest, which is my local PHP meetup uh, recently, and was speaking to people uh, who'd come out from Bath, so a little bit of a travel away. And I was explaining that I think the, I think I have probably got a record of some description for the furthest travel to attend a meetup. Because one of the times when I was at the DA office for the on-site, um, Puppet Labs were just down the road and I was doing quite a lot of puppet at the time. So infrastructure is code type work and... Uh, Myself, I think Ryan and Rudy. I think may have all gone. That's probably um, who it was. Yeah, this Puppet Labs meetup in the the Puppet meetup in the Puppet Labs office, and uh, of course, everyone's like, "Yeah, I've just come from wherever," and I'm like, "Yeah, I've come from Wales, (laughs) (laughs) not specifically for this meetup, but um, it was cool." At
1: DrupalCon, it's normally the the New Zealanders or the Australians who get the furthest distance travelled, but uh, Mm -hmm. for that one, I'm sure you you had it nailed.
0: Yeah, maybe, but no, it's good, good times. And yeah, I really, yeah, we're both at obviously, DrupalCon and Lille uh, a couple of months ago. And yeah, it's always great for me personally to have some time to catch up with the DA. And so the engineering team, which is fairly constant, also with yourself and Neil, it's sort of the core thing there still. Um, and then, you yeah, know, comes, comes so I think, well
1: uh, let's see, Brendan and Neil and I have all been there in the and region Brendan of Corsa. years. And then uh, some new faces as well. We've got uh, Fran and Alex. Um, All folks you'll see on drupal.org or around in the Drupal Slack if you're out there in the community and looking for some help from the engineering team.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was chatting with Eric earlier on who runs violinist.io and Mm -hmm. we talk about SaaS products and everything. And you sort of assume that there's like these products there that work well. And uh, you sort of assume that there's big teams behind them. And uh, I think we were in the GitLab session both. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, there's the engineering team over there. You know, those four guys at the table in the in the corner. <laughs> that's the whole engineering team. It's not this yeah. big giant uh, thing that people maybe assume that it is."
1: Yeah, and that's a that's a good point, and maybe that's a good segue because um, for some of the folks out there, especially those who are in the more you know general PHP or developer ecosystem, not necessarily in the Drupal space. Um, maybe I can talk a little bit more about what the DA is and and what we are. So um, because the Drupal Association, we're a nonprofit organization. In the US, we have a 501c3 nonprofit classification, which makes us a an educational nonprofit. and um basically as a nonprofit, our mission is to promote, support, and educate users in the Drupal community. Um, and uh we do a lot of things to promote Drupal as a digital public good is kind of the idea um and we recently got recognition as a digital public good from a um the the u n based um digital public good goods alliance, which is really really exciting it was um it was a good thing for us and so uh and their website was built on Drupal, so it seemed like a natural yeah. fit but um in particular. We're a staff of only about 15 people total. And I don't mean the engineering team. I mean, everybody. Uh, there's five on the engineering team right now. And and there's, um, but then there's our folks who work with our partners um, who help us do a lot uh, in terms of contributions to Drupal, putting on Drupal cons for the community, all of these sorts of things. Um, folks who organize community events and interface with the community. Folks who uh, obviously handle the financial side of, being a non organization. Um, but our overall goal is to be a sort of service organization that um, supports this open source community around Drupal. So, um, and that means a few key things. That means DrupalCon as one of our major programs uh, happening usually twice a year uh, in the United States and in North America. Um, and then occasionally uh, when we're able to make the budget work, we will have a third con in a place like uh, India, we had DrupalCon Asia there, or Latin America in Bogota, in years past. Um, I'd be love, love to do that sort of thing again. And uh, and then the other major category of things that we do is everything to do with Drupal.org. So Drupal.org is run and maintained by the Drupal Association, and that is all of the documentation about Drupal, all of the multilingual localization stuff, the Drupal Jobs Board. Um, a variety of other things, but most importantly, the project hosting, the actual Git repositories for Drupal core and the, I think we're now up to 50,000 total uh, contributed Mm -hmm. modules and themes. Uh, I think only about 10,000 are relevant to the newest version of Drupal, but in the, in the 23 year history of Drupal, that's been a lot of code and a lot of different, different versions. So We try and manage all those things and find the the best ways we can help the community at the right time um so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's really interesting i think um a lot of people know drupalcon the drupal association and and know the conference side but sort of assume that drupal.org is just a thing that's there and will be there and forever don't sort of realize it's run by this small team is in the, the DA, but also the smaller team is in the engineering department, uh, yeah. team within it. Um, and yeah, I think if people sort of realize the amount that then happens, also it's uh, contributed to it by volunteers as well in some respects yes. it back to, to Drupal CI, which is the thing that was uh, going on back in the day. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, we, we've managed by very, teams.
1: We're very yeah. fortunate that there are uh, a lot of folks in the community who are passionate about the tools that that they're using to contribute to Drupal, of course, right? So they uh, have stepped forward yourself even after you left your role at the Drupal Association, but a number of other people will always step up and help us out with different kinds of things on Drupal.org. We'll talk about this a bit later with some of the initiatives we've been working on, but the community has been pretty essential to a lot of those things. And then on the flip side, the one of the major advantages of having a dedicated team with a dedicated budget and full-time staff is we can also handle a lot of the things that are not a good use of community resources. There's a lot of care and feeding and basic maintenance and you know, managing security updates and stuff, where it's not, that's not something you have a volunteer come in and do at nights on weekends. And it's also not a good place to spend their valuable energy when they could be doing something more impactful with new features to the project itself. So we mm. try and do all of those things, although actually lately we're also involved more in Initiatives directly related to Drupal, so we've been working with with the automatic updates initiative, with the Project browser initiative, with the recipes initiative. So there are other places where we have a direct impact on Drupal as a product too. I don't want to suggest we're totally hands off. Um, hmm. but yeah, our primary goal is empowering the community, so
0: yeah, I think that was always the same back in back in the day i think there was sometimes this misunderstanding from people who maybe see sort of automatic and wordpress and that relationship and then maybe oh, also yeah. get confused between how the da fits into drupal the project or potentially also other i'm thinking maybe like Acquire and other than the other big ones um how yeah. that relationship all works which is it's quite different That the fact that there's this uh it's non-profit compared to um the way it's structured and organized is quite different like of mine. Yeah, That's
1: mine. there's a lot of um open source projects that have a like single entity primary actor kind of a thing, uh, where they have some large for-profit entity. So um, you know, the automatic and WordPress relationship is a is a common example that people use. Uh talking about Puppet back in the day, right? Puppet had Uh, it was technically an open source project but it had puppet enterprise and it had an enterprise uh, organization of quite a few employees and a lot of folks work that way and that's that's a good method to get um a lot more funding maybe to have a bigger internal team but it also often means that you don't have as many outside contributors or as broad a base of contributors because everybody sort of Mm. assumes that this one entity will take care of things and it's right. really different in Drupal. Yes, there are some big players in the community. You have, you know, your Acquia's, your platforms, SH, your Pantheons, those kinds of folks. People like Acquia, especially, have a big Drupal acceleration team that they devote to contribution. But it's not the same thing where they own and run the governance of either the association or the open source project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even as donors to the DA, none of them uh, donate more than I think. Not even. I Don't, don't think it's even close to. 10% of our annual budget from any single source, um, right? Okay. So um, it's it's really quite divided up. And so there's really more than, there's like 1,100 uh, ecosystem partners that are all part of contributing to the DA and DrupalCon that let us be a little bit more independent in what we do, even if we're not as well-funded as we would be if we had a big corporate backer. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's really good. and And we work pretty closely with the governance of the project. So the Drupal Association has a board of directors, Uh, Dries who's also the project founder is on that board of directors along with people nominated by existing board members or elected in our community election process. Um, And they set strategic direction for us inside the association. Um, But we also collaborate with the project governance hierarchy, which has Dries as the project lead, It has um, the core maintainers, as we call them, who have a variety of roles, product managers, framework managers, release managers, subsystem maintainers, all these different things. And so we collaborate together on uh, all the places we overlap, places where Drupal's core roadmap needs support from infrastructure, places where we have a shared goal in terms of um, auto updates is a great example, right? We want, as the infrastructure provider for the Drupal project, to provide supply chain security. They want to have a better, easier way to update Drupal. So it's natural we work together on initiatives like that. Um, and lastly, I'll say the Drupal Association is also a membership organization. So we have between somewhere between a thousand, maybe closer to 2000 members, I think, um, who are individual members of the Drupal Association. And that's a way you can support us with it's kind of a pay what you want situation. Um, you can pay a couple bucks a year, you can pay 20 bucks a month, whatever makes sense to you, what's about whatever's valuable to you. Um, and then that financial support goes straight into all of this work that we're doing, um, kind of the engineering stuff. Um, and we make a heavy investment back into to resources. Um, we'll talk about, for example, just what we spend on testing, I think a little bit later. So.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's where people may have seen it. If you're looking on Drupal.org, you might see ads on the site that have re- relevant ad- advertisements or things that are not just like general ads, but like specific ads that we're trying to find. But I think they say if, you, if you're logged in as an association member, you don't see ads, for example. So that's maybe where people have seen that. Um, yeah, Yeah, there's lectures. little
1: things like that, and there's sometimes... Sometimes we'll do special, uh, like we do a membership breakfast at DrupalCon um, typically. Okay. So if you're a member and you're attending DrupalCon, you're invited to join and meet other members and hear a little bit more about the DA. There's some other little benefits and things there as well. But also it's kind of just a way to show a little bit of support and commitment towards the, the work that we're doing. And, uh, you know, as that support grows over time, we can we can slowly grow um, and do more.
0: Yeah, you get a nice badge on your Drupal.org profile and if you and your DrupalCon badge as well which uh, yes indeed which is quite nice so yeah you can get to stick that little sticker on there um and may have may have done some work on that at some point actually if i remember i think it was using cpcrm back then if i remember oh that. yes yes using indeed uh, using that so um yeah the other thing um board elections i think as well is members if you're a, a member do you yes that's right the, so the uh, community seats
1: Uh, So as I just mentioned, the board, um, the board of directors is usually a total, I believe, according to the bylaws, it can be between 12 and 15 seats, I think, depending on whether they choose to fill every seat, but there's always two, two of those seats are always community elected seats. And so, uh, and we, that we alternate their two year terms. So there's an election every year for one of those seats. Um, And Drupal Association members are the ones who can vote in those elections. Anybody can nominate, um, but members can vote. And that's how we've gotten the great folks who've who've, uh, been in these seats in the past. Um, So the most recently elected uh, was uh, Faye Lauren, um, who's also heavily involved in the Drupal Diversity and Inclusion Initiative and in a variety of other places, helping with DrupalCon organizing. Um, and is a great representative on the board, uh, and someone that I'm enjoying working with in her new role. And um, she took the seat as Mike Herschel rolled off, who was another great community member who, uh, for the Drupal Insiders, worked on Olivero, a lot of front-end things, um, and was another another great person and advocate. So it's a really nice part of our board structure to help sure help ensure that there's close community voices involved.
0: I could probably name quite a few people who like just name drop people who, in the community. Who, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's not There's do a that. Um, yeah, but I think the elections uh, are sort of their own thing as well. And I think yeah, because you've got a. Uh, so I, I remember being at Triple Camp, London. It must have been, and people were going around with badges or stickers or something or pins or something, and like vote for me at the at the uh, upcoming board. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly, <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> People cool. people start campaigning um, for for this kind of thing, which is fun. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it varies a lot depending on what's going on. I won't say that, um, you know, sometimes if there's been a, let's say, a policy stumble or a little bit of drama going on, that can really energize the voters. And that's, uh, that's a good thing. We want people to, who have strong opinions to say, hey, we want representation, we want a voice heard. And that's, that's a good way to help affect change um, or to help better understand what's going on, right? Yeah. And, you know, the role of that board, just to clarify for folks, right, that's not the Drupal project board it's not it doesn't govern Drupal as a as a software project it governs the Drupal association as the nonprofit that supports it so it also comes with you know the financial responsibility for oversight and for thinking about the jobs of all the DA employees and all of the things that go together along with our role within the Drupal project.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah I think that's something go back to sort of the WordPress automatic example um thinking about also uh Symphony and Sensio Labs uh or symphony corp uh what it's called now is is the new thing or or laravel as well that's not the same in any of those projects where they've got separate boards separate governments now it's quite different to to all those other examples. it is very different and
1: it's very very different and philosophically i i really like it i'm kind of proud of the fact that it has this independence and separation and i think overall it's a good thing even though as i say it is challenging because we don't sell premium Drupal services. So we don't have an obvious revenue stream. Um, It comes from the support of not just one company, but a lot of companies together. So, Mm.
0: Is that sort of a supporting partner program was the thing I think it was called at the time. So is that- Yeah, exactly. Supporting partners.
1: So that support, the majority of our support, so there's a lot of support that comes from individual members, which is great. Um, There's sponsors at DrupalCon, but the majority of our support comes from our supporting partner program. And our Drupal certified partner program. And these are both programs where businesses, usually ones who sell Drupal services, um, choose to become supporting partners of the Drupal Association. And that gives you a variety of benefits, even though you know the primary goal, right, you're supporting a nonprofit organization, right? So it's not like a it's not a it's not an advertising deal or that kind of thing, really, but yeah. Um, it's, it's about supporting the project and supporting the community and hopefully supporting an organization that's helping your business. But at the same time, it does come with some benefits. You typically get discounts to send your staff to Drupal cons, um, depending on your levels, there's advertising opportunities on drupal.org, featured case studies, a variety of things all the way up to, and including, um, co-hosted webinars with us and things like that lots of things that can help support um, an organization that supports us. Uh, There are different ways that we wanna say thank you for that support. The um, more recent change to that program is the Drupal Certified Partner Program part, which is, I would say, sort of the top level of the supporting partner program, where if, in addition to supporting us financially, you are also a recognized contributor to the project as an organization, um, based on the contribution credit system we have in Drupal, um, you then qualify for different levels of this partner certification. And we also uh, look for, at some of your case studies and things like that, um, because it's our real, it's a strong belief that the best partners for a customer who wants to implement Drupal are going to be the people who've contributed to Drupal. They will be the biggest experts who really know the code inside out because they've contributed to before because they've worked in those trenches. And so they'll do the best work for you. And so those certified partners go to the top of our marketplace um, they have additional benefits and um, they do this contribution. Um, and even that in and of itself, I think is a benefit because if you are part of the team building Drupal, you can help shape its direction to the needs that you mm-hmm. see for your clients and your business in the future as well. So.
0: Yeah. So it has been something I've encouraged uh, people to do. And um, when working on in my sort of agency, Days primarily, uh, if you're working on maybe a feature for a client or something, like if, if say, if someone's wanting to learn you know, more about React or, or something, like why not get involved with the navigation modernization initiative or whatever it's called? You say, or some just to pick something a little bit out of the air, because yeah. like, then you're going to learn more about what it does, and surely then you're going to be able to provide a better result yeah. and more value to the end client having spent that bit of time contributing. It's, it's more comes where that time comes from. Uh, exactly. a big I think one of, of, of the like I think one of the huge times, examples
1: one of the I think one of the huge examples of that is um in the layout builder initiative or in let's say in page building in general, right? Whether you're someone a, a shop that uses paragraphs for layout, layout builder in core or something else, display suite was a thing for a while, right. especially in seven, um, a variety of these different things. And the when a core layout builder initiative became a thing it was really important to get people involved who did real client work because that's who this was for right this is like a number most one most requested feature is that make it easier for end users to build layouts in their pages and there's a next generation page builder initiative that was announced at the last Dries note um that lori as one of the drupal product managers in the core maintainer team is working on that's looking at layout builder and also looking at what the community is doing in other places and going so what's the next generation of that and again it's it'll only be better if if folks get involved who have more direct client experience so it's a good place if you're thinking about well where where do i um where do i fit in and what can i do how can i contribute in a way that will also help me um that's that's a good spot to do it so
0: yeah i think um it's his but It's gone, it's gone now completely. It's right, it'll come back to me in a, minute, in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, okie dokie, oh, that's annoying now. Eh? What, was, what was <laughs> Something important tip of there your it. tongue? Yeah, it'll come back to me in a minute, I'm sure, but yeah, okay. Um, how then does uh, oh, complete off my place, bloody hell. It's right, oh, I did this, it's all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. What was I gonna ask about? uh contribution i'll go back to me i'm sure um yeah the other thing i was speaking with eric about earlier on was about um drupal as a project how it's matured so over the time that you know we'd both been using it and i looking back to things like drupal dog issue queues and uh drupal ci or, or test bots as it was back then but uh you mentioned the contribution system uh, and again i remember being at must have been Drupal Camp London. So it must have been 2015 16, 16 oh, somewhere probably. around that maybe as yeah. that um I was speaking with Jenny Wong who does a lot of WordPress and PHP contribution and she came and joined us at our table for breakfast and we we're speaking on the way to the venue and uh we were talking about um CityQ and the contribution credit I think Dries had just announced it then or, or announced it in a Dries note with how it might look and it was I remember the sort of, weird git commit syntax that he was going to do it was like at company name and star person or whatever it was, <laughs> I was yeah, yeah. at least the concept maybe there was some implementation there but I was explaining how this worked and it's it was as a community seemed so quite far ahead um, at the time but that's you know and to see that mature over time as well has been really interesting to to see. You no,
1: know, it's it's crazy interesting just the 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 credit system or contribution recognition system or whatever however we want to call it has been, I think it's been huge. And it's the crazy thing to me is that even though we did implement it first in 2016, based on an original vision from Drees, uh, the fact that it's not been replicated really in other communities yet is surprising to me because it's so valuable to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think other folks have some things to this, but as a quick overview, in any, basically anything you work on on Drupal.org, particularly an issue in the issue queue, you have the option to say, to attribute that work and say, I did this night as a volunteer, I did this on behalf of an employer or on behalf of one or more clients, right? They sponsored my time, et cetera, et cetera. It rolls up all of those attributions at the bottom. And then when the maintainer is closing the issue, they can say, okay, here are the people who really helped. And then we translate that into credits that we display for qualifying to be in the certified partner program, to adjust your marketplace ranking that people have started using in their bids for drupal work like there are government agencies who say we want you to have at least x contribution credits in order to bid for this contract like because again they recognize that that's a sign of of quality uh engineering like all of these things that are super super valuable and among other things it also just lets us measure the community we know that it's close to 70 percent of contributors are actually being sponsored by their employer um, which implies a healthy ecosystem, right? You can hopefully find work that supports yourself in Drupal and find people who employ you who understand open source and are willing to give you some time to give back. Those are both really good signs. So, I mean, there's a lot of great things that have come out of that. And then um, and a lot of other maturity too, right? So that's an amazing tool that we put together, but we're also modernizing developer tools and developer experience. Um, so, uh, and a lot of that has to do with what we've been doing with GitLab lately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were having the, the sort of Git, uh, so running a very custom Git implementation back in my DA days. Um, yes. and we were then having dis- then having discussions around what do we do to modernize this, and we were looking at do we do something like a GitHub? I think that was the obvious option for a lot of people. It could we, uh, air quotes, just move everything to GitHub? Uh, yeah. Which of course isn't that simple. Um, I think we also looked at sort of Bitbucket and. GitLab, I think maybe then, and if I remember rightly, it picked one and then the GitLab CEO came in the issue queue who and, and said, Oh, we can make those changes that you need and went and did it and, and went yeah. on from there, if I remember rightly. It was
1: a remarkable experience, but but yeah, no, you remember it pretty well. The um so you know, the idea was uh, first of all, for, for again for folks listening who are not as familiar, right? Because Drupal is 23 years old and because Drupal.org is basically that old too. We literally predate Git, not just GitHub, but like yeah. Git as as a version control system. So we were using CVS at one point, and there was a great Git migration. And That's then we still do. predated GitHub. So we had our own Git daemon that we, we were running and all of these things. And we had all this infrastructure that we built. And we built an issue queue that was really quite good. And in some ways, is still better than some of these ticket trackers, because you can do a lot more with fielding in, in Drupal yeah. and and custom statuses and metadata. But anyway, um, so we built all these things. And we'd also built a Drupal way of working that was kind of different for for open source collaboration from a lot of other projects, right? So... In the Linux kernel, and I think you still do this, you were just emailing patches back and forth. And Mm -hmm. in some other projects, you might have everybody has access to this one CVS directory or whatever. And then, um, and we built our own thing, which I'll talk about. And, but then um, it, once GitHub came, the standardized pull request workflow became the, like the fundamental way that you contribute to open source. Uh, which is good, and is which is what everyone learns. But it, it does have one problem with it, which is that you all your work is done in forks of forks of forks of forks. Um, it's actually it's very easy to contrab to contribute as an individual. It's actually harder to contribute as a group to the same thing. And that was something that we figured out how to do really well in the Drupal community. We had a we had a single issues with sort of single solutions to problems instead of multiple ideas. I think we averaged, especially in the core queue, at least six different people contributing to every issue as an average, which is really high. Um, and we wanted to figure out how to preserve that. So one of our goals when we were picking tools is finding ways, something that gave us enough permissioning control so that we could automatically grant contributors access to the same fork and merge request that other people were working on so that we could continue to work in that kind collaborative way. And yeah, we looked at a variety of tools where we could do this. GitHub, we couldn't run our own hosted version. There was no customization available at the time and the team didn't have, they weren't empowered to add new features that we might need. Bitbucket was customizable enough to do it, but it was an Atlassian product and folks were not necessarily thrilled about that. Um, People have strong opinions one way or the other on the the maker of Jira. (laughs) And then GitLab when we very first evaluated this, they had just come on the scene. Like it was new. a lot yeah. of things didn't exist. They were still build, building out all their features. Um, but like you said, their CEO had an account on drupal.org. He'd had it before. It wasn't a brand new account. It was four I years remember old. checking
0: it. Either I checked it or Ryan it. Somebody went in and checked it and said, have they made that, is this a genuine account or have they just made it? And be like, no, it's been there for years. <laughs> for years I yeah, know. they'd
1: clearly been watching our community before. Um, and so, and popped in and said, Hey, we really want Drupal to try this and to, and we'll support it with some dedicated development resources. So that got us into our next major initiative, which was, okay, we have a tool that, um, is super well-funded is built in a very open source way with an open source ethics at the company and the way they do everything, which is awesome. That aligns with our values. And, um, now we got to move things over and transition people. And that's been a multi-phase process. We actually got everything moved over on the back end to a GitLab instance a while ago now, years ago now. So all the repository hosting was there. There was no weird custom Git daemon written in Python or whatever um, anymore. And then we started add, adding the front-end features, right? So um, that meant enabling the uh inline code editing, code review tools, uh the kind of web IDE features of GitLab. Uh, in kind of the first wave, uh, then enabling GitLab CI and GitLab Pages functionality, which has been a huge deal. Um, That's actually, it's been available for a little while, but you've seen more news about it lately because Core has now fully adopted GitLab CI and it's been huge. Um, We test runs for Drupal Core um, typically took about an hour to an hour and 20 minutes to complete. And these were on, on our old CI system, Drupal CI. And these were not on weak machines. These were yeah. AWS EC2 spot instances, usually 32 core, 64 gigs of RAM, all these things, RAM disk mounted. Um, and they could still take an hour and 10 minutes to complete a test run. Back when we tested with Travis, for example, um, we would time out. Uh, we would hit, oh, the, hit the maximum see. limit and it would just time out and it wouldn't, wouldn't work. Ditto on GitLab.com, even today. If you take the same CI configuration that we have on our self-hosted GitLab instance and run it on GitLab.com's runners, it times out. It, it doesn't fit in their thing. But we managed to really optimize this so the one-hour and 10-minute run is, is highly parallelized. Um, it's using every, every trick in the book that we can think of, and it now runs in as little as 7 minutes and 30 seconds, which by itself is just an enormous improvement for core development
0: velocity. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think I was in that boff and, and they said that and I think it's a big round of applause from everybody at, at that point because that's huge. Is, is it a reduction in time and from, if, from a productivity perspective but also if you think like we don't have servers running for like an hour doing tests so it's got to be a, a good environment. Yeah, well, um, the, as well, the
1: unfortunately the trick to it is we're technically still using m- m- just about the same amount of compute <laughs> we're just paralyzing across parallelizing across kubernetes better and all these sorts of things so our bill <laughs> our bill isn't smaller <laughs> the da the da spends about $20,000 a month just to run the test bots for the community um which is a big chunk of our budget right that's that could be multiple dedicated core developers, right. For that kind of money, but it's important because it empowers everyone in the community. Um, so, uh, but, but it's, it's a big deal and it was really exciting to get that done. Um, and that's again, one of the things that the only reason we can offer such a robust level of testing, right. Faster than GitHub, faster than gitlab.com, faster than, you know, the old uh, CI services is because members and partners help us fill that budget. Um, or else we'd have to throttle it or set a quota. And, and fortunately, so far, we don't have to do that.
0: Yeah, I think the phrase was, uh, you may have said something similar or maybe this exactly. Uh, say we don't didn't build Drupal, we built the tools that allow the community to build Drupal. At least that's how I remember it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, things like making the tests run faster, building the yeah. infrastructure. And in as
1: we spoke about before, that's not something we did by ourselves. Well, that's something we did with the help of a huge number of community members, right? Uh, core developers, um, uh, just folks who had a particular interest in CI, key contributors, um, uh, staff. And when I say staff, I mean like the first phase of writing our GitLab templates was me, um, right? Because we're a small right. enough team that the, the <laughs> CTO gets their hands dirty, right? Um, I'm on our pager rotation too for infrastructure issues, right? It's it's a, It's not a... Sit in the office and, and delegate kind of role, but um no it's it, it, it was really good
0: having a an i teach issue would report once but it's not let's not go there
1: uh, yes yes yeah, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> this it is sometimes sometimes i uh, i I have at least twice broken production, so
0: <laughs> it's yeah. not always a
1: good thing to have your CTO have the keys to everything. But
0: yeah. no, we, we no were but curling or something, and then something went down, and everybody's phone started beeping. <laughs> but that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I, I migrated um, override node options module. It's probably the biggest one that I maintain still. Um, so, yeah, I migrated that one onto GitLab CI whilst we were at DrupalCon. So, that was my, that's what I did on Contribution Day this year, was uh, was moved Excellent. that across before turning back on the train. It was, yeah, it was really easy. So, you said there were some templates, put the templates in the, the thing. Uh, found some tests that were failing because Core had changed some of the uh, messaging that, that was coming out, depending on whether something was found. So, they had um, better messaging than what was there before, but it wasn't matching what the test assertions were. So, I had to go and fix them so that was a little bit uh, interesting given I was there giving a talk on testing (laughs) (laughs) so that was that was good but um, yeah it was really really easy to get to get going and then yeah any any new submit requests so I think we'll just have GitLab CI running running on them Um, yeah
1: and we're we're focusing on um, deprecating the old testing so you know you won't be able to use patches on drupal.org anymore after a little while probably by this summer uh, Drupal CI will be totally shut down if not sooner Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody out there should go ahead and convert. And, you know, as, as all just mentioned, we have these templates, um, and these templates are, I haven't seen examples of them, like robust examples of the same idea really from anybody else. I I'm actually hoping to talk to some of my associates at GitLab to see if we can post a case study about how we built these templates, because they really do make it easy. Um, if you're a regular contrib maintainer, you can pretty much commit the template, see it. GitLab CI file and just let it go. Um, there's you, you almost don't have to do any configuration even because it, it's using include files from a repository that we centrally maintain to automatically update variables for like what's the current version of core? What's the current version of uh, PHP that you should be testing against? All that stuff we can centrally update and you don't have to change a thing. You don't have to recommit anything. It's just once you have the template, it kind of puts you on that path, and you can customize and override it to your heart's content. But um, but it's trying to make it easy for for everyone out there. Um, so
0: yeah, i have been looking at the template and going, but where's this? And then when when you say there's it's putting in includes from somewhere else, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and I was like, yeah, that, that was great. I think it runs yeah tests. I think it runs PHP code sniffer and I think it was PHP stab now as well I think so yeah yeah the the,
1: the interesting the, the library that underlies this Drupal rector stuff which is to say yeah it will also it's it's now it's already more feature rich and significantly more feature rich than what you had with Drupal CI so it'll help you catch deprecations before the project update bot does it does all sorts of things so um yeah really worth checking out I think it'll uh, it's worth anybody's time who's a module maintainer who who's who's in- implemented any amount of testing at all it'll it'll be a better experience for you than
0: drupal ci so yeah yeah also maybe pre-drupal ci going and spinning up test bots on the old aws infrastructure because the tests were running slow or running out of test runners or something uh, that's yeah like step step out of a keynote session uh that i wasn't giving yep. out. um oh, to, to, spin up, to spin up more test bots. uh at a, at a conference uh, at a Drupal camp, maybe. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, so we talked about the the DA engineering team. Uh, it's, it's four or five, uh, five people, I think. So, but none of those are like actual full time core Drupal core nope. developers. They we actually developers.
1: we don't have a single uh, person who is again design whose whose job role is specifically to contribute to. Drupal or Drupal core. That's not to say we don't do it. I think everybody on the team has contributed in one way or another. And just like recently, for example, Fran on the team has done a lot of work related to Project Browser um, uh, and different things like that just because it overlaps with some Drupal Association infrastructure. But today this is the this team is sort of the Drupal infrastructure team or the Drupal.org team. It's not a Drupal acceleration team. And we have talked about whether it would be possible to create a Drupal acceleration team inside the DEA as well. Um, I think that would be something that we would like to do, uh, but it is a matter of funding, right? Um, we, if we need to be able to, to fund those roles or find partners who might be willing to work with us to endow a role, right? Like if someone says, hey, I can chip in for 20% of a core developer and I can do 20% of a core developer, If we can get five partners to a degree to that then we can add a core developer and we can credit all of them for the work that that person contributes so that might be Mm -hmm. an idea of how we create something like that um but yeah it's not something we have today so um it's maybe an opportunity in the future
0: yeah saying earlier on about i'm a big advocate when i can do it about trying to find some dedicated time uh, for people to do contributions or to work on their own their own things sort of a 20 percent time sort of model um but yeah you don't and Acquia, maybe said the the salvation team you don't see many people contributing to core full-time i know um yeah there are definitely some xjm was one who was doing things for a while uh... she
1: was although she's uh, she's not full-time on it at the moment i don't think she she changed roles and is not able to be full-time sponsored although she still does core work including security today's as we're recording, there was a security release today that she recorded, or she, that she coordinated, excuse me. And um, and I think you can also sponsor her individually on um, Patreon and things like that to help support her work. But yeah, that's the thing. There, there aren't a huge amount of dedicated full-time core contributors. There's probably, I don't know if there's more than a dozen, two dozen maybe across all the companies in the ecosystem that are truly full-time. Um at, at most, it's a good question, yeah, but
0: sure. anyway, yeah, yeah. And I was speaking with um, Stuart and then Dave Long, who work at uh, full fat things, they were mm. in the uh, contribution room. So, we i sort of I remember being Dave at few conferences and things before, so it's nice to speak to them. But I don't know how much of that he does full time computer client work, but it would be interesting to find out more about right. how that model would work potentially, yeah, really interesting. And uh, yeah, I remember Neil was doing some work on I think I did some work with the security team uh for, I'm for sure you did as well yeah. um, but, so the, you said there's some crossover there but yeah the DA and the engineering team are not like developing Drupal core itself unless that's it, where, where it's yeah
1: where it's uh, you know except except right now it are are the places we do that are only in places where it overlaps with an infrastructure need right because most software needs to talk to a server <laughs> at some <laughs> point right so if you're collecting updates information If you're collecting the list of projects to see what you can download to install on your site, if you're getting bundles of pre-configured recipes, right? Those are all things where drupal.org is actually kind of part of the product. So it makes sense for us to contribute in areas like that. But sort of outside of that, like, you know, would the Drupal Association directly contribute to the next generation page builder? Right now, we don't have the kind of capacity to do that. But if it's possible to make this idea of a Drupal acceleration team at the DA a reality, then maybe we could. Um, uh, and so it's, it's an interesting question and an interesting thing for us to try and figure out if we can su- support and explore. Because again, the mm-hmm. difference at the DA is we can't offset those salaries with client work. That's not what we do. Mm-hmm. We're a nonprofit. So we do have to mm-hmm. find a way to, to make that work.
0: Yeah, I remember being like, yeah. Uh, obviously working from home, it was okay. But like, if you're at a Drupal Camp, you can't be wearing an Acquia shirt or something because you need to be um, separate yeah. to obviously everybody else because we're not there as service providers and you're there as uh, an individual sort of uh, independent not-for-profit. Thing. Yeah. Um, does it work the other way as well? Because you say, with, uh, with people are working on different things. But I remember uh, in core. but I remember when I joined, I think we just moved or uh, just moved Drupal.org onto Drupal 7 and we were doing yeah. some cleanup. From, from Drupal 6 and um, pre-Drupal 8 being launched. And I remember the discussions around Drupal.org itself being a blocker for Drupal 8's release. So yes. see there's a bit of so, a coupling the other way around as well, potentially.
1: There is there is some of that, yes. And we're we're running into that at the moment, for example, for things like the project browser, because we want to have the project browser be running on the most modern Drupal 10 JSON API as its endpoint not on the older drupal 7 xml endpoint um and so that does become a blocker on us being able to get everything upgraded right and um we do look to community folks you and i have had a conversation about whether people can help us um get uh some parts of drupal.org done done more quickly especially where they are blockers and also ways that we can separate those blockers into smaller pieces so we don't have to do the whole of Drupal.org all at once to make any changes. Cause that's, that was the big problem in the six to seven era, especially it was, it was very difficult. We basically couldn't do a single piece at a time. We kind of had to do the whole thing as a big, big bang. That was really like right before I came on or right as I was coming on board. But, um, and so we're, we're trying to find ways to to make sure to work around that. Uh, and folks can definitely help us out. And it's just some things make more sense than others, right? Uh, features, uh, I don't mean capital F features, but like literally, you know, website features, kind of those sorts of like functionality type stuff um, make sense for contributors. Um, service type stuff, Um uh, or infrastructure type stuff makes less sense for volunteers usually, because it usually requires like specific domain knowledge of how we have things set up and extra levels of access. So some things make more sense than others for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So Drupal 7, uh, I believe it was launched 2011, I think maybe 2011. If I remember my, I believe that's right. That's correct. Um, it's due to the end of life. Next year uh, had some extensions, so it's going to go end of life once and it got extended and then it gets ended again, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. Um, but I remember seeing conversations on Twitter or LinkedIn or somewhere like it will be supported until Drupal.org is updated or something to that effect, which I wasn't, yeah, I was like, I don't think that's quite right. But how, no, how does no. the Drupal 7 end of life date of affect the DA or affect Drupal.org?
1: Uh Drupal.org's got to update, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, we, we are like anybody else. Um, the, the, if you're on a Drupal 7 site out there, um, you need to update too. <laughs> um, it's 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 time to to get your Drupal 10 migration planned and done and and in progress. And we have a lot of work uh in development environment moving us towards that goal as well. Um so that's a big deal. Um and it's something that we are actively working on. Um it will not be, the end of life will not be extended just even if we are not totally ready on Drupal.org. Might, there might be some special consideration where we keep an eye on certain potential security things if some things are going to take slightly longer. We hope that's not the case. Um, but um, just in the in, in the interest of protecting the infrastructure that that the rest of Drupal is using. Um, but no, really the, the truth is, is it means we got to make that migration happen this year. Um, it's, we have... Ah uh, three hundred and fifty four days or something from from this recording big,
0: big countdown in the in Tim's who knows <laughs> <Yes, laughs> exactly
1: I, yeah, and you know it'll be the end of life is Drupal seven's fourteenth birthday right so like i I it's you know there's not very much software in the world that has been supported fully supported for fourteen years. So I think it's had a really good run and we've given people lots and lots of time from the eight, nine, and ten cycle to
0: start working on this. Yeah. There's, there's still a lot of Drupal seven sites out there Though I was looking for um, some recently and now some of my previous clients are still running Drupal seven and um they probably will until it stops working. And yeah, then they'll probably need to move it. But yeah, it's it's been probably um long enough, I I'd say personally, but um and even though, even though, calls my, my sort of view has been the core has obviously been supported um, by the security team and everybody, but a lot of the contrib space has really slowed down as people have true. moved on to Drupal 8, Drupal 9, Drupal 10, and really Very focused true. on those new versions. So, um, even yeah, and I, you know, there's a
1: lot of, we have fortunately seen more movement in seven sites migrating in the last six months or so than we did in the previous six months or a year. So, that's a good sign that the message is getting out there. And I would encourage most people to please try and do it before the end of life date. Yes. But I know there are people who will, who will truly, truly not be able to convince their bosses that it's done until it's finally there's a red, hey, this version's unsupported message or something like that. And, you know, hopefully yeah. those of you out there can get some help for that. Um, and speaking of which, there is a Drupal 7 end of life program. Um, it's depending on the size of who you are. Um, it offers like enterprise scale partners from our certified partner program. It offers mid-level partners, uh, for budgets that are a little bit smaller than that. And it also offers individual, like, uh, small, smaller partners for perhaps individual site owners or small organizations, um, where folks like, you know, Oliver, hopefully you'll be on there shortly, but there's some other folks there who, who, um, uh, provide more affordable uh, help for people who are who are looking for this. So we mm-hmm. really wanted to make sure, especially because the Drupal 7's, 7 audience really did have a lot of smaller sites, that there was more support than just the big enterprise choices, which might not work for a lot of those small sites.
0: Yeah, I think that's just making that transition smoother. It's obviously a big move to go from 7 to 8 and then or 7 to, or 7 to 10 directly. But having done that and then moving from 8 to 9 to 10 is so much easier and it takes maybe a couple of days. It all depends on the complexity of the site, but it's so, it's yeah. not a big rebuild, start again, um, like it was yeah. 7 to 8. and That's know, the other
1: thing is, is I hope people have heard the message that like, yeah, you do have to kind of rip off the Band-Aid to get off of 7 onto the modern mm-hmm. version, but the modern versions, like the way we do deprecations and all of these things is very carefully designed to try and make sure that the upgrades are not going to be that painful again. Right. They're, they're they're designed to make it easier to go from version to version from here on out. And I think it's been working and it's only been getting better release after release. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the the first couple, there were a couple of regressions and things. I think as we found our feet in ways in like the the community Um, and it's a model that's worked very well in symphony and other projects where they've got fixed uh, release yeah. date so it's not when this feature is finished it will be ready when it's ready but it's it will be releasing on this day and whatever's committed will be released and if it's not ready it'll go into the next release or f- a future yeah. One. so yeah. yeah it was really good to see um, that being adopted and uh, yeah this is also why we've got m- modules that work across multiple versions I think some of mine still work on eight nine and ten at the same time which is which is really <laughs> which is really interesting so
1: yeah actually
0: so you Mentioned about Drupal.org moving off Drupal 7. Uh, Anything else on the roadmap for the the engineering team in particular?
1: Well, we did talk about contribution enablement and developer tools. So one of the very biggest things, the next phase of that project is GitLab issues, right? So the issue queue is still on Drupal.org. And so the next major milestone is moving the issues themselves, migrating all the existing issues and having new issues be using the GitLab issue system. Um, which will be interesting. We've already got a prototype of how this is going to work, a migration script, a lot of things in dev. There's some infrastructure side things that we're working on. Um, And it'll be a little bit different. This will be a bit of a transition, but um, we're hoping that even though it's different, we can show some ways that it'll be helpful for people because it'll have Kanban boards. It'll have all sorts of other things. It'll have better integration, with the rest of GitLab and and make some things easier. But it doesn't have as robust metadata options, right? You don't have a custom version field and a custom component field and all these things that people might be used to at the top of their um, issues. So instead, all of that, gets migrated into labels um, and you can still use them to do searches and make custom boards and things like that. But there'll be a little bit of a learning curve with that. Related to that, we are behind the scenes also working with the security team on making sure their process can move as well because they have a private issue tracker and they do a yeah. private testing thing. So in the background, that's actually been going on recently as well. Um, but that's, that's I think, the big one to watch out for um, roadmap-wise going into the next DrupalCon and into this year.
0: There's two benefits, I assume, will come from that. One is going to be less code in Drupal.org, which would make yeah. any ongoing maintenance technical debt uh, any future migrations easier because there's less code. Uh, yeah. But then also from a, a new contributor perspective, uh, in Leo, I didn't didn't mentor this time actually. But when, I, when we've mentored and done the uh, first time a workshop and had to explain how patches and things work and how Drupal oh issues yeah. work, um, to be able to then go, this is GitLab. You more than likely either use it in your day job or something very similar to it. And replace the word pull with merge in various places, and you probably yeah. But it's a concept most people would be aware of, even if they do work on client projects. That the chances are they're probably doing pull requests. I think I think that's huge, and tracker.
1: I, I think that's maybe even the most important reason that we're doing this. Right, the whole GitLab mm-hmm. thing is just, um, you know, contributor onboarding, being able to continue to grow grow the community. Um, all of these things, uh, the long-term health of the community depends on it being easy for people to join, to contribute, and to onboard. And um, as my understanding from talking to the mentors is the mentoring process has gotten vastly easier because, like you said, even now you don't have to teach people the patch process anymore. You can merge requests already exist, they already work, they're more or less familiar. You do have to still teach people Drupal.org issue queues. So that's still a, a Drupalism that we haven't eliminated yet. But if we work towards that, that'll eliminate uh, a, a hard thing that's that takes people to understand. But the other side of it is the tools, You know, your local development setups and things like that. A, local development's gotten a lot easier if you use something like DDEV. But B, for a lot of the things that a new contributor wants to do, Either using the GitLab Web IDE directly or using Drupal pod, which is based on Gitpod, lets them do a full development environment without any local machine setup at all. It's fully in browser. And those sorts of things save huge amounts of time onboarding people to contributions. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, it's gotten vastly easier to contribute to Drupal in the last several years um than it has been in a very long time and i think that's something to to be proud of and something to keep working on so
0: i think it's the extension of that as well contributing but also evaluating if you're working and want to evaluate drupal as an option there hasn't really been a good way of doing that until you know more recently uh i believe the page now is something like you need php and composer and run these commands and it will download and does like trash quick start or something so that's an improvement but Again, if you can do something like on a on a on a cloud environment or something, I know Acri have got Tri Drupal yeah. page or something as demo, well. Demo like, experiences. The can and yeah.
1: I think that's actually a place. It's better, but that's a place that could could still use additional improvement because there's more and more tools that would make that possible, and I think we can keep making that better for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's going on in the DA outside of the engineering team? Anything? Uh, I was uh, met some of the new people while I was at the uh, at. at in Lille and then uh like I said to I think it was Julia I was sat next to her on the train the <laughs> yes. home, so we, we got to chat a little bit about like yeah you know, she's was... our
1: director of philanthropy so there's a there's a there's a bunch of different things um Joy on our team is going to various camps to understand local communities and their needs um uh, yeah Julia joined to, to do philanthropy related work and fundraising which has been great like one of those things is The Sovereign Tech Fund in Germany funded us uh, to the tune of about $300,000 to pay for some specific initiatives, uh, uh, the things that we were working on. So it's supporting some of the auto updates work, some of the GitLab work that we've talked about, various kinds of things. It's really great when that funding aligns with priorities that we already know we want to pursue, and it can help us get them done. Um, So there's a lot of things like that. And then, of course, DrupalCon Portland's coming up in May, so kind of all hands on deck thinking about that stuff, too. Um, I would say the final thing is, this was announced in keynotes and in, around various places, um, the board and I think the community are hungry for us to market Drupal itself to evaluators, to end users, better and more broadly. And that means outside of Drupal channels, right? We we A lot of what we do is inside to Drupal insiders, people who are already where we are. So this will mean going to events, external web events, CMS events, and representing Drupal there. This will mean new kinds of um, product marketing and technical comparisons on drupal.org, a variety of other things that we still haven't quite figured out, but that plan was approved for this budget year. So that'll be something that's coming up soon as well.
0: Yeah, we talked with some on that. Um, of so the, the Drupal England Wales Association meeting, I'm sure some of the support and partner Drupal call meetings we've discussed, that situation of how do we get outside of the Drupal bubble to like the CMS conferences. And I believe there's a there's one in the UK a number of years ago where a few agencies went under the, the Drupal banner and promoted as Drupal as a product, as a CMS, rather than as individual um, suppliers. Or, yeah, just, or at,
1: just at Web Summit in Lisbon, in fact, which um, mm-hmm. was a big deal. And um, yeah, there will likely be more of that sort of a thing. And certainly folks out there who... You know, anyone listening who's like, "Gosh, why isn't Drupal here or here?" Let us know. Maybe that'll be yeah. something that on our list. You can reach out to us. The Drupal Association has a staff page on Drupal.org that you can find pretty easily to to contact us. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's also an uh, I think it's the Local Gov initiative. Uh, a couple of people went along um, to to the government conference. Or I can't remember what it was called um, GovCon? Or I can't what it was called, but yeah, we went uh, to Drupal that for well. Gov, perhaps maybe um but that was also that was a nice collaboration with with uh with that and on the local gov project as well so getting out to go to a, a sort of local government-based conference we are drupal not just agency a or, or supplier b that was yeah. that was really interesting um and yeah and i got to got to meet and speak with uh tim doyle the ceo <laughs> as well that the other team um at the drupal concert so that was that was great to hear about from, from someone who'd yeah, know, with Polly uh, back in the day as as well, and Megan and everybody. So it's great to see, um, speak to meet Tim as well, and hear a bit about his story. And he said, but uh, going like, it wasn't his, his first official DrupalCon, but he'd been to one before Undercover yes, or something. Had, I think that was He had come in as a sort
1: of secret shopper before his hiring was fully confirmed, just to, especially for the role of the, the, the CEO or executive director, like, we really want them to get a sense of who the community is and what, what things are like. So, if we can, we try and get them to a DrupalCon before we finalize the hiring process because it's a really good way to do that. So, we mm-hmm. snuck him into Prague. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that he could get a real feel for it, which was, I think, a really good way
0: um, to kick things off right. Yeah. I imagine like an undercover boss type scenario where they do the makeup and the wig and everything. <laughs> oh,
1: <no>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trench coat and the silly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 a fake mustache. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But is, it, that's an interesting point. Like, is there a difference? Um, Pauline, I think Meg was also um, executive director, and I think you were the interim one for, for a while. Is there a difference yeah. with that and CEO? Does that, of interest, that is or? a good
1: question. Um, there isn't, a, like, from a nonprofit legal status point of view, there's not really a, a difference. You can sort of select what title you'd like to use, but there's a difference in, I think, intent. So the um, the board decided they wanted to call the role a CEO role rather than an ED role to reflect their intent to be growth-focused, to be involved in this product marketing side, um, to try and like build up the DA to be a larger or uh, more robust organization, to maybe build capability to contribute to product directly, all of those things. Um, and they felt like they could communicate that to the potential candidates about like the kind of thing they're looking for by naming the role that way. I think that was the, this kind of reasoning that went behind it.
0: Okay. Very interesting. So if people are listening and they want to contribute to the DA uh, or to Drupal um, themselves, or maybe they would run a company or work for a company and they want to be interested in contributing, what's the best way for them to get in touch and find out how they can contribute?
1: Um, Yeah. So I'll, I'll, preface this by saying you can find all of this on drupal.org so if any of this goes by you too too quickly um, uh, you can always go there and find it but if you work for an organization especially you can email partnerships at association.drupal.org um, and talk to us about uh, how you would like to get involved on an organizational level uh, you could also um, you could also email sponsors at association.drupal.org if you're interested in, Uh, supporting us at DrupalCon and getting a taste for the community there. If you've never been to a DrupalCon before, that's an awesome place to reach a large amount of dedicated open source developers. It's a really good audience, especially if you come with an authentic presence that's got kind of the open source spirit to it. Um, I think that's really uh, powerful. Uh, If you want to support on an individual level, uh, drupal.org slash membership uh, should take you to the right place to join as a member. Uh, which is something I really, really support. Those dollars basically go directly to to my team and supporting the engineering work and the testing that happens. Um, But also I would say just if you want to contribute or participate in the community, um, there's a number of things you can do. Um, Drupal.org has a slash community section that describes a lot of channels. So you can find local events in your area, local camps to go to, which are most of the time free. Um, you can join the Drupal community Slack where you can meet tons and tons of people. And that's a really good way. If you're getting into the contribution side to have someone be able to help quickly answer some of your early questions. There's even a first contribution channel where people mentors hang out specifically to walk people through that. Um, so that's a good thing to do. And then you can also check out the contributor guide. The contributor guide uh, is on Drupal.org. It has some videos that walk you through what it means to contribute and then also an example from one of the contributor workshops and helps you find issues for novice contributors and novice contributor doesn't mean novice developer it just means novice to the drupal community you could be a senior developer but one of those issues is still a good way to get your feet wet and just understand the process so plenty of different ways to get involved and support us and we really really appreciate your help we serve a global community with a team of just about 15 people and so, anything that you can do to support us, we can multiply and give back to the community. Um, so, thank you in advance for for anything y'all can do.
0: Yeah, novice tag equals good first issue label on GitHub. I suppose it's the easiest.
1: Yes, exactly. And there's even been talks that. about trying to get it renamed, so because <laughs> it yeah. should be that.
0: Yeah, I think we probably should. I think that's. I remember saying uh, maybe speak to Rachel about a conference at some point. Uh, yeah we should you uh, should rename that <laughs> it Implies something a little bit different or, or can to some people so uh, cool thanks Tim this has been a really good uh, trip down Drupal memory lane actually <laughs> a, little, a little bit so um, it's great to find out more about what the DA has been doing what you guys are going to be doing um, and just hopefully build a little bit of uh, presence for everybody else as well so people maybe aren't familiar with the DA and what they do hopefully this is another uh, way for them to maybe find out about it and yeah, up.
1: we'd love That's to have anybody good. listening, get involved or, or even just ask more questions. I mean, send them to Oliver. I'm sure he'd have me back on the show or <laughs> send them directly to me. You can find me on the association staff page. I'd be super happy to answer. I'm also Hestonet on drupal.org and Drupal Slack. You can find me there quite easily. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for having me, Oliver. Super fun to hang out with friend and catch up and tell people about what we do at the DA.
0: Well, thanks, Tim. Sounds like a really good place to stop. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the uh, Beyond Blocks podcast. I've been Oliver Davis. Thank you.